If you've ever had difficulty speaking up for yourself, you're definitely going to want to stick up for this conversation I had with Davida P. Jones. In today's interview, you'll learn actionable strategies you can use to start feeling more confident in your conversations starting today. By the end of our conversation, you'll have a better idea of the positive changes that can happen to your relationships as a result and exactly how to go about it. You're listening to Corey Low Radio, episode number 36, How to Speak Up for Yourself with Davida P. Jones. My name is Corey Logaitis, and I'm a motivational strategist and speaker who, believe it or not, at one point in time had lost my own voice. During my emotionally abusive marriage, I found it really difficult to be able to speak up for myself, and it took me a really, really long time after my divorce to rebuild my confidence enough to find it again. My guest today, Davida P. Jones, experienced similar challenges. And it made for a really great conversation between the two of us, not only on speaking up, but on rebuilding confidence, as well as navigating difficult life challenges like Davida's own abandoned pregnancy. Before we go ahead and get started, if you enjoy self-help and motivational content just like this, be sure to stop right now and hit subscribe. That way you'll be updated the next time a new episode airs. Now let's dive into today's show. My guest, Davida P. Jones, is a CEO, teacher, speaker, author, and health and wellness coach. Her work is focused on helping women, especially single mothers, empower themselves and transform. I'm really excited to have Davida on the show today to share her inspirational story with you. And now it's time for the story to begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's Corey Lowe Show. I am so excited to have on today Davida P. Jones. Hey, Davida, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I am good, thank you. I'm excited to kind of dive into this interview. Davida and I got to talk for a few minutes before we hit record, so I'm actually really uh, excited to learn more about your story. So I always start the show, every single show, with the same exact question. So we're going to start from there. What was childhood like for you? Um, I was raised in a very Christian uh, home setting. I was in church literally almost every day of the week. I know we all hear those stories, but um, raising a two-parent household, two siblings, and Christian was, and church was our background. So, um, and that really was a good foundation uh, for for me. Um, but also my childhood was pretty traditional, whereas the parent would stay in the parent's place and the child had to stay in the child's place. So there um, I you know, would have to kind of suppress my feelings, my emotions, anything I had to say. I didn't have an opinion, really. I just had to follow by my parents. So um, although my childhood wasn't pretty bad, my parents did the best they could to, you know, give me a great childhood. Um, it was pretty, it kind of set the foundation for my life. Sure. Okay. So in what way did that affect you as you like transition to young adulthood? You know, um, going school? Yeah. So experience that parent-child dynamic, which as a, I'm a mom now, um, mm -hmm. I know that it may not be the healthiest choice to, you know, say, you know, I'm the parent and you're the child and you have to listen to me when everyone, no matter how old or young we are, we all have a, a voice and we all have an opinion. And, you know, I feel that that is important to listen to what your children have to say. So it did affect me in my young adulthood because I transitioned to corporate America and transitioned around you know, college and being in the settings where I was scared to voice my opinion. I was, I had so many creative ideas and I did not want to um, include them in any of our conversations because I was scared that someone would think it's stupid or people would think that I'm not intelligent. So for a long time, I mean, literally like seven or more years, I had to kind of coach myself out of that childhood insecurity and really grow and love the person that I am. 
Oh, okay. That that's interesting. So I kind of grew up in a similar, you know, environment, you know, where my parents were, were strict and had certain expectations and, and stuff like that, but still a very, very good childhood. So I was curious how this was for you. So was it specific to, you know, your thoughts and ideas? Or I know for me, like I had difficulty in my adult life feeling confident in my decisions, right? Because wow. anytime I would try to make a decision as a child, it was always questioned. You know what I mean? And then that always made me think, okay, well, I'm making the wrong decision. And I obviously have to always consult my parents to know that I'm on the right track. So yeah. how did that work for you? Was it a similar experience? So, so my uh, insecurity was kind of like, if I was experiencing emotion, if it was hurtful, mm -hmm. or if I was angry, mm -hmm. or if I was opinionated about anything, um, I was called sensitive many times as a child, but I was not allowed to express that, you know, it was just like, you're a child, so, you know, you don't know what's good for you, or you don't, you know, you don't know how you feel, mm -hmm. you know, I've heard those things all the, all the time, so growing into adulthood, if someone offended me, you know, I would just absorb it and I would take and I would suppress those feelings and I wouldn't say anything. And then one day I would just, you know, erupt, you know, like a volcano. And I realized that that was not a healthy communication style and it definitely wasn't a healthy friendship or family uh, dynamic style. Oh, for sure. You know, and I had the same problem growing up. So I always repressed. And I remember, you know, it's interesting telling people now. So my, my ex-husband and I, we would get into fights mm -hmm. and I would explode so bad I would throw things. Wow. And for people to meet me now, they're like, you're like the most even-tempered person I've ever met. I feel like that <laughs> because I used to repress it <laughs> to the yeah. point where it just explode eventually over the years. You know, I learned how to effectively communicate. <laughs> yeah. Be able to heal my relationship. So what did that process look like for you to kind of learn how to start letting your emotions go and to start communicating? Well, it wasn't an easy process because uh, along the journey, I did a lot of self-guilt. I would beat myself up if I didn't speak up. I didn't, if I wouldn't, you know, defend myself, I would feel some, like I was doing myself a disservice. And part of that in corporate setting, I did feel like I was doing myself a disservice of not speaking up because if there was a creative idea, um, then someone a month later came up with the same idea. They'll get all the praises and the accomplishments of it. And I'm sitting here in the back of like, you know, that was my idea. And I was scared right. to think that someone was, it was going to be stupid. So um, it took years and years and years of me just, you know, really coaching, kind of talking to myself, saying like, hey, what's the worst that can happen if you, you know, you put your idea or if you tell somebody how you truly feel, what is the worst thing that could really, really happen? And those consistent affirmations to myself of just to speak your truth, speak your truth. Um, over time, I realized that I started to kind of stick up for myself and offer creativity and then there's been many a times where I failed and my ideas were stupid but I felt proud of myself of actually communicating that over and then also being able to stick up for myself kind of um, built a respect around my so you know people kind of built a respect towards me and um and my career and things like that because I started to open my mouth so it took I want to say it took me about a good seven to ten years to kind of get this thing rolling um but yeah that's definitely coming from the child dynamic it is so important to let your children kind of speak and express themselves sure no I agree mm -hmm. and it's it's funny because 
recently I've been getting into arguments with my son. My son's four. Okay. And his thing is, well, I'm the boss. You're not the boss. <laughs> <laughs> and it's such a fine line to have to go because I want him to have his own say and yeah. say no to certain things and stuff like that. But at the same time, I can't let him run the show. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, yeah. a fine line to, to kind of uh, cross. But um, yeah, so I wanted to ask you too. So when it came to your own personal development and learning how to, you know, speak your truth, was that more of a, you know, something that you became self-aware of that you decided enough is enough, I want to speak up? Or was it something that you heard from outside sources saying, hey, do you realize that you do this? Okay. Uh, so I would say a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely was self-aware because it would, it would beat me up inside, you know, mm -hmm. that I did not express my feelings. And when you don't express your feelings, you go home with that stuff. You know, when you go to sleep mm -hmm. at night, you know, regardless if you're sleeping next to someone or not, you literally internalize everything that you're that you're thinking that you're feeling so it's kind of like a little you know body mental prison that you put yourself in mm -hmm. so after many situations that I've put myself in this mental prison it's like I need to do whatever I need to do to break from this so um, I believe in mentors I believe in having wise counsel around me um, so I remember you know going to a mentor of mine saying hey this is what I'm struggling with for some reason you know I feel that I'm an outspoken person, but when I get in groups or I get around, you know, corporate or professional or anything like that, I kind of clam up and, um, and they basically, you know, this is normal. So, you know, if someone else is feeling the same way, it is a normal feeling. Um, but I think it comes from just, you know, being aware of it yourself, being aware of the mental prison. If you feel like an uncomfortability when you're, you know, being observant of, around crowds or a group of people if you feel like you have something to say but you can't say it um that would probably be like the first indicator of you know self-awareness of of this issue right mm -hmm. yeah no and i could i could kind of relate to what you're saying too because i know for me if there became a point that i i was angry at myself for becoming so angry yeah you know what i mean for exploding mm -hmm. like that i'm like i know this isn't me yeah you know this isn't the type of person i am i should address and figure out what's wrong that this is the way i react yeah. So that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. So what was, what was next for you, you know, on your journey after realizing that? <clears throat> really just becoming more vocal in my family and my friendships. I realized they, they started to change first when I started to express myself. So um, there's two sides of every coin. So some people didn't like it and some people loved it, you know, mm -hmm. and used to, you know, somebody used to, you know, Davida taking all the hits and taking all the, you know, drama and just kind of eating it, then turn around to be this person saying, hey, I'm not going to take this anymore. You, you lose friendships, um, but then you gain some because, you know, people's like, okay, I have more respect for you that your family's standing up for yourself. And also, wow, you're freaking intelligent. Like you have all these creative ideas and it's like, you're a genius, you know, below and you kept all this from us. And now that you're comfortable you know, with um, expressing it is like now I'm into all sorts of things. So it's helped me towards my career, my personal development, and also me helping other people. Um, so this um, is like, a, it seems like a small transition from not speaking to speaking, but it really opens up so many doors of opportunity when you are standing in your truth and you're confident in who you are, whether, you know, whatever you have to say is, you know, you think it's not important or not, you know, you, you learn that it builds that self-esteem within you. Sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, and how much did, you know, finally being able to speak your truth around your family and stuff like that affect your own personal boundaries with stuff? Did it make it easier for you to communicate what those were? 
Uh, no, not really, okay. because, you know, there's different styles of communication. And the first hump is to get the the kind of the courage to express yourself. That's the mm -hmm. first hump. And then the second hump is to make sure you express yourself in a way that is going to be communicated in a positive way. Now, we can't always communicate in positive, but like you said before, you got into an argument, blew up, and then, you know, but there's ways to communicate your idea across and not be offensive and have that person, you know, hear you. So there was definitely obstacles um, that I had to overcome, and that's all about, you know, communication style. So this is still a long journey. I'm still in a working journey. I have a two-year-old boy, just like you, and I have to learn how to communicate with him at his level. And right. then when he gets 13, I have to learn how to communicate with him at 13. So um, it's definitely an ongoing process. So, um, yeah, you definitely have many obstacles when it comes down to communication and expressing yourself. Right. And when it comes to, to toddlers, it's like trying to negotiate with a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything's no, no, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. You know, and that was actually um, what my son had said to me this morning, too, because he was like, but I'm allowed to say no. You know, and, and the truth, I'm like, I, I, I don't want him growing up thinking that he can't say no. And, you know, that's why I brought the boundary question, too. Yeah. You know, he needs to be able to effectively communicate his boundaries. But I was like, how do I explain this to him? Yeah. Uh, so that'll be something that, that we're, we work on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's the land of no's right now. And I feel that um, <laughs> establishing boundaries, too, is all about asking questions, you know, like mm -hmm. asking questions questions to whoever you're speaking with you know how do you feel about this you know and I feel as though with my little toddler I mean he's only two years old but he does understand a bunch so if he says mm -hmm. something uh like no or I don't want it then I'll ask well, why why don't you want it right and he's mm -hmm. like I don't want it and I'm like well, why you know so I feel you know even though he's young I, that works in my adult life of you know boundaries if we you know have a disagreement or whatever whatever I'm trying to persuade over I think the best thing to do is to ask questions rather than just, you know, go overboard or make your own assumptions or anything like that. But so I just wanted to speak to that part. Because, oh, definitely. Yeah. And, and I love, I love, you know, the, the tactic or strategy, I should say, of asking questions because mm -hmm. that's such a valuable skill to learn. Yeah. Especially when you're in any kind of a high conflict situation, being able to ask questions actually shows the other party that you're, you're trying to understand whatever it is that they're trying to get across yes. and it makes it more of a two way conversation. So people are less likely to shut down. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> All right. So, you know, you, you learn how to speak your, your truth, you mm -hmm. know, we're being honest with people, friends and family. It was improving your relationships. It was helping your career. Yeah. What happened from there? So along with that, I struggled for a long time trying to find my life purpose. And that was about over 10 years. I would, you know, I, it was a kind of like a, a anger that I would feel inside. Like, hey, you know, I had these friends and family who, you know, became police officers and doctors and lawyers and, you know, all types of you know, nurses. And, and me, it's like, I don't want to be any of those things, but I don't know what I want to be. And so that was pretty much um, going alongside of speaking my truth of then really finding out, okay, well, who am I and what truth do I have to speak? Because mm -hmm. it's like, I don't necessarily know. So I went through like about 10 years worth of just trial and error, trying to be a realtor, working in sales. I mean, I tried it all and nothing worked out. And I was like, so I remember I being depressed and 
going through all those mental health issues because I feel like I know that there's something valuable for me to do, but I don't know what it is. And I feel like every day that passes by, I'm just wasting time. So that was the next journey of figuring out how to find my life purpose and also make an impact in other people's lives. Got it. Okay. So, so what kind of um, strategies did you use to try to discover what that life purpose was? Well, the first thing is I do recommend, um, especially to the youth, is to try to try things. You don't know what you, you like until you try something, or you don't know what you dislike until you try it. You're like, okay, I hate it. You know, I've always been the person who was kind of hopping from job to job. And um, we, you know, us millennials kind of, you know, do that often. But it's not really a bad strategy because you're trying to figure, you're trying to figure yourself out and figure the world out. Uh, that would be the first strategy that I would recommend is to try things. The second thing would be to turn inward. And you hear this all the time. And I know it's so cliche about the things like, what do you like to do? What would you, what would you do if you, you know, didn't get paid to do it? You know, those type of questions. But those are true. Um, and they're right. But they are subtle. They, they're subtle. You know, it's not something that's really, you know, in, in, uh, inside the box. And I realized that people who struggle with finding their purpose over time for like 10 plus years, like I did, um, came to, I came to the conclusion that my purpose is not inside of a box. It's not a doctor or a lawyer. It's right. outside the box. So mm -hmm. it's like, okay, so now that I'm aware that what I have to do is outside the box, I started looking kind of outside of the box. You know, what are things that, you know, is not common, you know? And what do you, when you, what do you do love? And I realized that on my free time, I would just, you know, write, even when I was a little girl, I would write poems and music mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And I never had any clue that I enjoy writing. I just, I just did it. And I remember, you know, it was like, okay, if you could just make a wish and have anything off your list, what would you want? And it was like to write a book. And I wrote this, like, I want to say seven years ago on, on my refrigerator, mm -hmm. it was like, write a book. And I never written a book before. I never even, you know, it just came out of nowhere. I wanted to write a book. So I would say, you know, pay attention to the little subtle hints that come into your life. The universe sends you. Um, it may sound silly. It may be small, but those things actually are, they lead you to what you're, you're supposed to do. You know, I, I am so excited that you mentioned that as a child that you like to write. Because one of the things, because I get this question a lot as a coach myself, right? Since I do a lot of life coaching. And one of the first things I usually ask people is, well, what did you love to do as a child? Mm -hmm. Because that's before, you know, society and expectations and stuff like that yeah. comes into play. So what did you, when you were like a pure soul, you know, as a child, what did you really love doing? So for me, it was art and creating and stuff like that, which I do a wow. lot of that now, you know, as a content yeah. creator. Um, so it's so interesting to hear for you, it was writing. So how, yeah. how did that end up manifesting into, you know, your quote unquote purpose? Okay. Uh, so once again, I've been on this journey of life and also a spiritual journey. I mean, you know, life has so many different, uh, departments. Um, but, um, I remember, you know, reading, becoming an avid reader. I used to read all the time, but it was just like, okay, if you want to write a book, then, you know, let me research how to write a book. And, I started seeing, you know, little blogs saying, you know, you have to read more books. So I realized that I started being more attracted to self-help books. So I'm like, okay, that's, you know, what I'm interested in. And that's exactly ultimately I want to do. I just don't know how to help people. I don't know what area I'm going to help them, but I just know that I want to. Um, so I wrote my first book. Um, it, was, it was called, it was called Manifesting Your Reality. It was just about, you know, 
you know, speaking things that you want and how to uh, attract the things in the universe, kind of like, you know, the secret, you know, attracting mm-hmm. the things that you want in your life. And it was kind of that book. Um, and then a funny story is that I, I got always to the end and wrote that book and my computer, my, my Apple got water damage out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I did not have that book backed up and that whole book was completely gone. Oh. Yes, yeah, oh. it's so my first book down the drain, right? No, <laughs> no yeah, documentation. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so it was it it was a time, but I, I remember I kept telling myself, you know what? That means there's another story. That means there's another story that I need to write. Mm-hmm. This book wasn't ready to come out yet. So I really was just like, okay. Um, so then I went through a traumatic experience and this is where my purpose, you know, one of my purpose, I do believe we have many purposes. So in my, in this space right now, um, my purpose is to help women who experience the same thing as me, which is uh, single motherhood. And, um, it started Amen, right here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's like one of the, one of the most traumatizing things you can ever go through and, for the longest time we've been told to just kind of eat it because our ancestors kind of just ate it, you know, like mm-hmm. it is what we have to do is our maternal instinct is to, you know, raise the kids and keep moving no matter what the man is doing. But at, um, but with that, and that's really good to do, but with that, you kind of build deep seated, you know, roots, roots, you know, that are rooted in bitterness and anger and hurt and brokenness. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't live like this. So just to kind of double back, I became uh, pregnant and the guy that um, I was pregnant with did not want the child nor he did want relationships. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I was left at this crossroad where I had to choose either I was going to abort this child and try to figure this relationship out with him because that was the ultimatum he gave me or, you know, raise this baby and possibly do without him. And of course, you know, I have a son. So I Mm -hmm. chose to raise my child because that's what God told me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so during, during that, you know, nine, 10 months process of carrying the child, you know, it really was the most, uh, low that I've ever been in my entire life. I felt like I was at rock bottom. I had lived in Miami for five years, had to move back to my hometown and which is like a rural hometown was nothing's here. And, um, <laughs> I really felt like I failed myself and I came back, you know, I've always imagined, you know, coming from a two parent household, I've always imagined of having that type of family. And here I am, a single mom from the get-go. You know, I wasn't mm-hmm. the married and then got divorced. I was a single mom from, it was a choice to become a single mom. Mm-hmm. And um, there's so many women across the world who also make these same choices. Um, so during that time, again, I'm a reader. I was looking for resources to kind of help me and coach me through that. Because I'm telling you, when you, when you're, when you have a baby, when another man's, you know, a man's DNA is inside your belly and he is, you know, saying things that's offending you and he's rejecting you and he's denying you. I mean, it's just a different type of rage and anger that mm-hmm. comes in you and that you have to kind of really kind of get yourself in order or that can transfer to your baby. Um, so I was really committed to finding material that was going to help me. And when I realized that there was none, that is how I started writing my uh, book. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's through your experience that you're now able to help other women. Yes. In the same footsteps. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I, actually, I, I, that anger, mm-hmm. I totally get to, because I, um, my son's father and I, we split mm-hmm. when he was only five months old. Oh yeah. So it was very, very early on, but I mean, I might as well have been a single mother before yeah. that because he wasn't around for any of the pregnancy. 
Wow. So I all, all the appointments by myself. Actually, the delivery, I was by myself. Wow. So I might as well have been. But um, yeah, it's, it, it's difficult yeah. when you're in that kind of a vulnerable space to mm -hmm. feel like you're unsupported and to, you do get resentful yeah. in a way that you're going through it alone. Yeah. So for your process being that you're now helping other women through it, what did you find that helped the most? So it's, it's, it's really a journey, it's a process. And, and for all the single expecting moms, you know, it, it's, go, it's going to be a process. But to remember that this is just a moment in time. I mean, the average person, you know, lives about 80, 80 years. So, you know, to go through this process of having a child and to raise a child, let's just say, you know, one or two years of this, you know, really intense dynamic, that's just a moment in time compared to your 80 years of life. So that would be the first thing to kind of realize, you know, kind of take yourself out of it. Because it's hard when you're pregnant, all you're thinking about is the baby and, you know, what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. But just taking yourself out of the situation, knowing that this is just a moment in time and you're not going to always experience this abandonment. You're not going to always experience this betrayal. And someone is going to come in your future and love you and your baby. So, you know, that would be the one thing is to kind of step away and, and look at it from that perspective. Another thing um, that really helped me, well, a couple other things that I wrote a book about is like a, a guidebook. And in every chapter, it's, uh, it gives you, it's about um, 15 chapters. And every chapter gives you a different step on how to cope with the abandoned pregnancy. Mm -hmm. um, so I have many strategies, but some of it's for the conversation. A couple, uh, another thing is therapy. Um, I believe in counseling, therapy, whatever, you know, I believe in getting that from a professional person because holding that inside is, is just not right to you and it's not right to your baby. And therapy is another thing that was able to kind of help me get my emotions out and make better decisions. I don't feel as though I would have made, you know, the best decisions during my pregnancy if I wasn't talking to someone about them first. Mm -hmm. um, and then one of the last things that I would recommend is prayer. Uh, God is, you know... I feel like, you know, you go through these traumatic situations for God to get your attention. I don't believe that he put, I don't believe that he forces you to go through them, but he allows certain things to happen from our decisions. And I feel as though he wanted to get my attention. And mm -hmm. in order to get my attention, he had to move me from, you know, you know, Miami Vice City, you know, lifestyle. And he had to move me into like a basically a, a growth period where, um, I had to kind of look inward now. It's no, it's no longer looking at, you know, the baby daddy or, you know, the friends or whatever that failed me. It's now looking at me and who I choose to be. Do you want to grow up and be this bitter woman and you want that to be your legacy? Like there's so many women that I do know who the child is, you know, the adult 30 and they still hate the other parent. Right. Or do you want to, you know, basically make, you know, lemon, lemonade out of lemons. And right. my personality is like, well, you know, God, like I've, I've always dreamed of helping somebody. So teach me how to turn this thing around. And he sure did. And I made my entire movement off of it. I teach classes, a workshop. I also coach. Um, it's just a beautiful thing. So now I'm actually grateful that all of this happened to me. And I'm almost like, I hugged him. Like, thank you. <laughs> like, right. thank you yeah. for the end of it. <laughs> thank you for the lessons, right? Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's through these types of challenges in life that we actually learn what we need to know in order to be able to fulfill our purposes. That's one of the yes. reasons I wanted to start this show, you know, because it's through these stories, you know, of the darkest periods of life that people really were able to transform, mm -hmm. you know, in, yes. in a really authentic and beautiful way. So 
That's amazing. So your, your book happened right after that? So my book actually was, I was writing, it was so funny because uh, my editor, she was reading my book. She's like, I can tell that you were writing this book while you were pregnant because the, I had a lot of hate stuff in there. Like, ah, that, 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 you know, um, of course, all that stuff is edited out. You know, this, this book is an empowerment, a woman empowerment. It's not a male bashing book. Um, I do use my experiences because that's what I'm talking from. And that's my heart right there. But it's definitely a woman empowerment book. Um, so I wrote the book while, um, like my last couple of terms of my, um, the end of my pregnancy. And then after I had my child, I went through the process of, um, molded and kind of shaping it now and now we're in the final stages for it to come out you know next year so I'm really excited about it yeah mm -hmm. that's so yeah. exciting yeah, so, yeah. so it was ultimately you feel your purpose was to be like a writer and a coach and to help women through this this period what was yes. the ultimate you know, like what did you actually learn because I know that was part of your journey earlier before you had your your child well, I definitely learned that I have more than one purpose and that I can still, you know, even with my child, I can still accomplish those dreams that I've always dreamed. I've always dreamed of, you know, being an author and being a philanthropist and traveling the world and being a teacher and being a public speaker. I've always had those, those dreams. So I believe in this space right now, um, my purpose now is to help other single women. And actually in the state of Delaware, where I'm located, um, we have the highest, and we're like the smallest, well, one of the smallest, yeah. Rhode Island is the smallest, but we're the one of the smallest states, and we have the highest rate of abortion. So that is just an indicator that women are being forced to be in, not by men, just period, in their own, with them, yeah. within themselves. Mm -hmm. They're being forced to make decisions that they may not, you know, that they may regret or they may not agree with at the time. And I feel as though if I have this movement that can reach the masses, that can reach a woman who's, you know, who just got pregnant, who doesn't know what she's going to do, and she kind of, you know, stumble upon me, and she's motivated to kind of feel empowered that, okay, I can do this. I don't have to abort my baby because that's not what I really want to do. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Or, you know, you'll have a woman who's actually full-blown in her term, and she's still just like, I don't know what I'm going to do, and I have this hate and resentment, but I want to move forward, but I don't know how. Right. Um, I want to help her do that. And then also at the end, I want to help the moms, the single moms who already had the baby, who's still struggling, you know, because that's a whole different, uh, that's a whole different wave of being a single mom when you're actually pregnant and then until you actually have the child. Like, yep. mm -hmm. it's hard, okay? <laughs> it's really single hard. motherhood is hard, okay? It's I, not people don't realize, I had to bring my son yeah. two, two weeks ago, I think, to his parent-teacher mm -hmm. night. Cause I come wow. to the babysitter, you know, and then I'm, I'm the one, I'm the only parent with a kid there, you know, yeah. mortified. Luckily he's a good kid, but still it's like, people don't realize it's not that easy. It's like, you don't just yeah. have, you know, a spouse or somebody that can stay at home. So one of the parents can attend, you got to yeah. juggle things and make things work. However you got to make it work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your life is like put on a back burner and you go through so many different, you know, you know, women have postpartum and then even right. after that, you know, toddler age women are experienced depression and then in teens women are just trying to now they're trying to figure out you know now the child is kind of grown where they can you know self-sufficient now the woman's trying to figure out well, what do I do with my life now and lord knows after you know they go to college it's like now you're really lost mm -hmm. so I definitely want to help the single moms you know be a better mom but also be a better you and you don't have to stop your life you can still live your purpose you know as a, as a single mom it's hard but you can do it it's hard but it's worth it yeah, you know, you know, definitely. I, and I also wanted to kind of add to that too, you know, 
designing the life that you want, even being a single parent. So you mentioned a lot of stuff earlier that really resonated with me as far as like, you know, wanting to live your life purpose, you know, have Mm -hmm. the career that you're looking for. I know for me, I wanted to be able to travel. Yeah. Um, You know, and and so many people, I started traveling with my son. He was five, five weeks old. I think we started flying and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. you know, so many people looked at me like I was crazy. Yeah. And I was like, this is my life. I can do what I want to do with it. Yeah. And, he's coming with me, and now he's the one asking me, mom, why don't we go on our next trip? Yeah. Um, and you know, same thing. Like I like museums. I'm going to take my kid to museums. Yeah. You know, it's there, there's no right or wrong to live anybody's life. It's what do you want to do and what do you want to share with your children? Those are the ultimate, like most important things mm-hmm. in this life. And you know, I'm a big believer. Don't listen to what everybody else around you is saying. Yeah. Do what's right for you and your kids. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, it is really not that. I mean, I've, I've, my, my baby has freaking flyer miles too. I mean, mm-hmm. he, you know, he has a little pendant now that he wears. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's always, you know, traveling with me as well. So I've learned the same thing too. You know, life does not have to stop, you know, because you have a child. It may stop for just maybe a, a you know, a couple period of time so you can make the baby healthy and raise the baby. But once right. the, the child gets to a certain age where he has, all, you know, he she has all her shots and stuff like that, right. you know, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's an easier, you know, it's an easier life to to adapt to rather than kind of staying inside and being dormant and being miserable and, and depressed. You know, right. make life, you know, worth it for you. You know, and that goes for, you know, either single or attached parents. Yes. You know, there are so many families out there that they just stop doing things that they actually enjoy doing because of the kids. Yes. They, they don't think that, you know, those are kid-friendly activities. I say, screw it. Bring kids yeah. To go and they'll, they'll actually start enjoying those same activities with you. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's don't don't listen to anybody else. <laughs> Besides getting your nails done. My son hates going to the nail salon with me. <laughs> oh, see, I've never I've never taken my son there. Like knowing him, but <laughs> <laughs> or shopping. He hates I'm like, you're such a guy already. Oh my you god. Know? You 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 would never believe my son's favorite store. What? He asks to go to home goods. Oh my god. <laughs> Mommy, can we go to Home Goods? That's funny. That's funny. Uh, you, know, you know, kids are their own unique individuals. So, yeah. You know, without, um, you know, exposing them to different kind of activities and, you know, places and things and people, they're never going to find out who they really are and what they really like. So, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. can't shelter them from everything. So eventually That's- he'll have to go to a nail salon too, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. All right. So... What's one thing you want a woman who's out there listening right now or watching who, you know, maybe pregnant and single or maybe very recently, you know, had a child as a single parent, what would you want them to know today having been through what you've been through? Um, that there's, that there's help out there, you know, that you do not, that you're not alone. Number one, you're, you're not alone at all. And that there's many people across the world that are, that is experiencing the same traumatizing situation that you're experiencing i've experienced it you have experienced Mm -hmm. it i mean it's so common but because you know we're in a society that you know we've learned to kind of deal with things on our own instead of expressing it it may feel like you're on your own but you're not on your own so that's the first thing is to go do do the diligence of finding your tribe and finding a connect group. I mean, Meetup has things, you know, Facebook has groups that you can be a part of. You don't even have to leave your house. Facebook has a ton of single, you know, expecting moms and single mom groups. And 
hearing other people's stories that may, you know, be worse than yours will kind of give you an appreciation for your situation. I mean, that, you know, that happened to me, you know, mm-hmm. seeing, you know, hearing other people's stories and like, okay, you know, my guy or whatever is not really that bad of a guy or my situation is not really that bad of a situation. It could be worse. So also know that it could be worse. Um, also, do not give up. Um, and this is, you know, I'm very, you know, into, you know, I'm very spiritual and I believe in God and I believe in Jesus and I believe in the Bible and I believe what he teaches. And, you know, God has a plan for us and the plan was already mapped out before we even were, you know, in our mother's womb, before the world began, you know, Mm -hmm. before, you know, Adam and Eve and the snake and all that, like, we had our names and we had our purposes and we had what we're going to do in life. So knowing that, that this process is a part of your plan and it's only going to grow you and help you become the woman that you're designed to be. So take these lemons and, you know, cry and eat them. They're very sour. I know, mm-hmm. you know, and do your best, you know, to cope with, you know, reach out to therapy, reach out to friends and also reach out to me. Um, but in the, in the meantime, know that, because of the situation and because you're going to overcome the situation, you're going to have so much to say. You're going to have so many blessings on the other side. So do not give up. Do not give up and take things day by day. Like you said earlier. Yes. I know that was yes. the one thing that was so helpful for me. Just like focus on today and what needs to be done today and keep yes. going. Keep going. Yes. <laughs> yes. Beautifully said. Thank you. So Davida, where can our listeners and viewers find you? So I have my Facebook and my Instagram has the same name. So it's Miss M-S-D-A-V-I-D-A-P Jones. So Miss Davida P. Jones. And then my website is P. Jones. And there I, I'm always consistently, you know, uploading my social media. You will see my workshops. I'm also teaching a class um, this coming fall by Embrace Grace which is a single um, expecting moms or single mothers um, organization, nonprofit that's huge. It's in every single state. So look up uh, Embrace Grace. If you're pregnant right now, look up Embrace Grace and find a class near you. Um, I'll be teaching that this fall um, with some lovely pregnant moms. And we're going to learn practical life tools. We're going to learn spiritual life tools. We're going to we're going to love each other and we're going to have a baby shower for you. You know, we're going to celebrate this time because it really is a happy time. And this child that's inside of you, you only get this time one time. So mm-hmm. we're going to make it right. So find me on Instagram, on Facebook, on uh, my website, and I can, you know, I can help you point you to the right organization. Perfect. Awesome. And we'll make sure I got, I know I got all your social media links and your books and stuff like that. We'll make sure to link up to you in the show notes. And um, yeah, no. so thank you so much for coming on the show. I really enjoyed um, getting to learn more about your story and get to speak to another single mom. Yes, we're here. (laughs) Similar journey. We're here. There's many of us. You are not alone. Uh, So definitely be sure to reach out to Davida. Feel free to reach out to me and we will catch you on the next Corey Lowe show. So thank Thank you you. for joining today. And thank you, Davida, for sharing. Thank you for having me. All right. And there you have it. If there's anything you take away from my conversation with Davida today, I really hope it's this. Suppressing or even repressing your thoughts and emotions helps absolutely nobody, especially yourself. It actually silences your voice, which makes you less confident and you not feeling control. And at the same time, it makes it that other people around you can't experience your valuable thoughts and experiences. So next time you feel like you're not confident enough to speak up, 
do everyone a favor and voice your ideas and opinions because you actually may help others in the process. Relationships change when you change. If you want to truly transform your relationships, that transformation starts with you. When you start working on being your best self and by communicating your own truths, you inspire other people around you to be the same. So you attract what you put out. So put out positivity in the world and that is what you will receive back. A great way to connect with other people is by being sure to ask questions. This was a tip that Davida gave that really kind of struck home for me. It helps other people understand that you are really hearing what they have to say and are making a conscious effort to understand the point that they're trying to make, even if it's a point that you don't necessarily agree with. So anytime you get into any kind of a disagreement or you're in a difficult conversation, make it a point to listen to the other person's side. If you're in a situation where you can't find material to help you get to where you need to go, much like Davida experienced with her abandoned pregnancy, when you do finally figure out what it is that you need to do to get through it, give back to other people and make use of your experience. So Davida's now doing that by helping other single women who are proactively going through with their abandoned pregnancies and making a choice to become a single mother. So what experience have you had that you have not been able to find any kind of information on how to navigate? And after you go through that, how can you then create different types of materials or education for other people to mentor them to get through the same thing. And lastly, Davida's number one take home message for anybody out there who may be experiencing similar situations to what she did, it's to know that you are not alone. This is something that I drive home each and every day on my social media platforms, that no matter what your experience, the numbers speak otherwise. Adversity happens to each and every one of us, and there's somebody out there that's going through the exact same thing you are. It's just a matter of proactively reaching out to connect with other people who have experienced the same thing you had, finding mentors. As Davida said, mentors were a big part of how she came to where she is today. So seek out those mentors, find a community, relate to other people who have gone through what you've gone through, and they will show you the path. What was your favorite takeaway in my conversation with Davida today? Definitely be sure to leave a comment below or tag me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. I'd absolutely love to hear what you thought and get involved in the conversation. Ready for even more interviews just like this one? Be sure to head on over to my website, www.corylo.com, and sign up for my email list. Every single week, you'll receive tips, tools, resources, and interviews designed to help you lead a more emotionally fulfilling life and business. I look forward to connecting with you there.